Welcome to the Live Lucky Podcast, where we discuss the lucky strategies that bridge the gap between who you are and who you want to be. I'm your host, Blake Suzellis. Get ready to face the worst of yourself, shift your perspectives, deepen your love, and broaden your wisdom to live and lead others in a lucky life. Welcome back, everyone, to the Live Lucky Podcast. And, you know, if you're new today, I appreciate you tuning in here. Um, it's always nice to have some some more people listening. Um, so today, as I was trying to figure out what I was going to talk about today, I was kind of toggling between discussing leadership and parenting. Um, so I decided, you know what, I'm just going to do both. It, it just makes a lot of sense. And so, I mean, I started out looking at, you know, what are some of the different leadership styles that are out there? And, and I found Indeed has this career guide that has, you know, 10 of the most common leadership styles on there. And it was just really helpful to kind of look through all of those, you know. And yes, I understand business, but at the same time, you know, my expertise is definitely in being a therapist. And so parenting styles, communication styles, all those things are definitely my forte. But uh, when I was looking at this uh, career guide, I'm going to actually go through each of one of these just real briefly. You know, there's 10 different styles of, of leadership. The first one was coaching, you know, which is kind of more motivational. You know, visionaries, the second one, um, which they say it's progress focused and inspirational. Third is servant leadership. We're very humble and protective. Fourth is autocratic, which is authoritarian and result-focused. Fifth is that laissez-faire or the hands-off kind of autocratic and delegatory. Uh, Sixth is democratic, which is more supportive and innovative. Seven is the pace setter, which is helpful and motivational. Eighth is transformational, challenging, and, and communicative. Ninth is transactional, which is very performance-focused. And then lastly, the bureaucratic. It's hierarchical and uh, duty-focused. And so um, I just kind of thought that was really interesting, looking at all those different styles. Um, and, you know, I'm not here to tell you which style is better than the rest. Um, because I think really everything in life, flexibility is often what leads to those greatest outcomes. You know, not rigidity. You know, this is kind of where we get into that uh, perfectionistic kind of a mindset that there's only one way or the right way to do things, and then we tend to use that in every strategy in life. Um, but that's not always going to be the most helpful way to do things. You know, so uh, knowing a little bit about each of these different leadership strategies and then using them intentionally can probably be your best strategy. You know, however, you will gravita gravitate towards certain ones, of course, you know, the majority of the time just because that's part of your personality or maybe it's even the industry in which you're leading in. Um, however, I do want to kind of bring us back to that understanding of how uh, relationship is still such a crucial p 
part of every single one of these types of leadership strategies. And in the psychology realm of things, I've talked about these three particular areas, love, acceptance, and safety. They always play a factor because they always play into relationship. So in the Live Lucky therapy program, you know, I tend to use a couple different types of of styles of of leadership. Uh, The coaching, visionary, uh, servant, and democratic are probably the ones that I tend to gravitate towards the most. Um, For me, I see these as really helping with building relationships, empowering the team, and in my experience, really creating bonds that last beyond any conflicts. So, meaning we can disagree on certain things and we can hash it out, but at the end of the day, we still have each other's backs. You know, and that's why the relationship end of leadership is such an important aspect. Um, So whether we're using, you know, coaching style or even bureaucratic, I mean, relationships still should be a key factor in in all of those different leadership strategies. So we've talked about leadership in, in just a little bit here. Well, how does all of this play into parenting? Well, like I said before, sometimes we can get into this perfectionistic kind of black and white mindset where one strategy works in every situation. You know, I might be, you know, I might bring home basically my leadership style from work and then think that that might be the best strategy to parent or to even work with my spouse you know, or my family, or, you know, we tend to try to use those same styles, but what I'm saying is that rigidity doesn't usually lead to the greatest outcomes. Oftentimes, the flexibility in knowing how to maneuver in and out of those different leadership styles and using those in different situations very um, intentionally can lead to those better outcomes. You know, this really isn't that much different than the idea of using outdated strategies from our youth and trying to solve our adult problems. I know in the past this isn't anything new, but you know, we create those relational strategies by the time we're three years old. And sometimes we don't change them. And so we're using basically strategies from a very young age and trying to continue to use those as an adult. You know, for example, when you see people throwing a tantrum, it's the exact same strategy they used when they were a child with their caregivers that got them what they wanted, right? They can kind of manipulate and, and the, the, the caregivers into... You know, I'm just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger until you give me what I want. Um, And so they tend to use that exact same strategy, whether it's, you know, with their spouse or with their kids. As long as they just get big and big and big, they're going to get what they want. Now, that's not usually a really helpful strategy, you know. Um, Learning to be flexible and just learning to learn and grow Uh, to meet the demands of those present situations instead of using those old strategies that just, like I said, they're just outdated. They just don't work uh, very well. 
It's kind of that old adage of using a hammer is great if you're dealing with a nail. <laughs> but not so great when you're trying to deal with a light bulb, right? And so recognizing we need different strategies for different situations and sometimes even different seasons of life, you know. Um, so at work, you know, in, in leadership, I'm assuming you are creating a vision for what you want to see happen, right? And how you plan to get there. And that's what you're inviting your team into, that creating that vision, inviting them into that with the mission driving it, right? Home really shouldn't be any different. You know, and I will say, this is what I've found, and I've talked to some other very successful people too, and they've said, your definition of success will help you determine the answers to these very two different situations. Because your definition of success at work might be very different than your definition of success at home with your spouse, with your children. You know, and so really being able to, to separate that my definition of success doesn't have to be the same when I'm at work and when I'm at home. And that's okay. And, and, and beyond that, further than that, actually, that probably is a really helpful strategy to try to, uh, to bring into your life. You know, success at work, you know, hopefully looks different than success at home. I mean, think about what you needed as a child. You know, when you were a child, coming back to those three basic psychological needs, you wanted to be loved unconditionally. You know, you so no matter what happened, you wanted to know that your caregivers loved you. You wanted to be accepted unconditionally. So no matter what you did, you wanted to be accepted beyond those behaviors. Now, it doesn't mean that we should just be able to do whatever we want and behaviors are um, don't come without consequences because the truth is we already know as adults behaviors have consequences. You know, sometimes positive, sometimes negative, you know. But at the same time, like, if our caregivers, if, if our spouse, or if we, in return, can accept people beyond their behaviors, which are very imperfect, um, it's going to create a very different type of relationship. And then, of course, you wanted as a child to be safe. You know, this kind of goes to that very bottom of the pyramid for Maslow, you know, in his hierarchy of needs. We need safety and security. And when we're not feeling that, you're going to see that acted out in our behaviors as a child. So now your parents may have taught you tons of different skills. You know, maybe they helped you to learn about working on cars or how to woodwork or how to play piano or sing or, you know, act or whatever it might be. But they taught you lots of different skills. You know, and these are very important. But the truth is, when it really came down to it, those things, you could set those aside if you weren't feeling loved, accepted, or safe. You know, and if we can instill these things in our relationships with our spouse and our kids and, and even our team, right, these things lead to more confident, contributing individuals. It just works, okay? 
So the bottom line here is, you know, communicating a loving acceptance, building trust and through keeping people safe, um, especially when it comes to your children, you know, keeping them safe. This will always give you a return on your investment. There's a, a, a model that uh, I learned when, when I used to live in Washington working specifically with kids, and it was called the Circle of Security model. Uh, brilliant, brilliant, backed with 50-plus years of research, um, really helpful in terms of parenting. And um, So if that's something you, you are looking for, the Circle of Security model is so good. Uh, they ha do have some really awesome books out there. Uh, Raising a Secure Child is probably one that I would go ahead and recommend to read. Um, and what they say kind of is a basic, very just like five words that you can kind of hold on to. You know, and real, I guess it's really four words. You want to be bigger, stronger, wiser, kind, and the fifth one actually they added was consistent. Um, and so what does that actually mean? Bigger does, does not mean that, you know, in terms of size. It just means you, between bigger and stronger, you're able to keep it safe. You know, you can see that zoomed out bigger perspective that the child can't see, you know. Um, and you're wiser because of that. You can see you're not leading with your emotional brain. You're leading with your cognitive, your thinking brain. So you can think more clearly than our children who are oftentimes leading with their very emotional brains because their thinking brain's not fully developed. Not their fault, just reality, right? And then, of course, kind. We're doing it in love. We're doing it in, in acceptance. Um, looking beyond, in wisdom, past their behaviors and seeing the bigger picture of how to teach them. And that that's all this is about, you teaching them. It's not about their behaviors um, being a reflection of who you are or anything like that. And lastly, doing this relatively consistently, because that's what builds trust. You can keep it safe, but if there's a traumatic experience, that safety could go out the window in one moment. And so we need to be consistent in our safety and in our emotional reactivity. So this strategy also works at work too, right? We as the leaders essentially want to be that bigger, stronger, wiser, kind, and consistent individual. Because what does that communicate? You are a team, right? Otherwise, it's you, the leader, against everybody who you are leading. That's not the kind of uh, strategy that's usually very helpful. You are a team together. That creates more gravity towards whatever it is that you are uh, working towards. Okay, so that was a lot of information both from the leadership style uh, side and business side, but also from parenting. And, and we can use that on an ind looking at our own individual person in terms of our, how we experience love and acceptance and safety and how that's influenced the way that we trust other people. Um, so, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and close it up now, guys. Uh, so what is one thing that you will take away from this episode for yourself today? You know, whether that's 
looking at these different leadership styles and maybe trying to learn a little bit more and how to be more fluid and intentional and and uh, less rigid about being in just one specific lane you know but using them to the benefit of you and the individuals you're leading in the different situations you're experiencing and not only that making sure that we're switching out our strategies when we go home because those might not be the strategies that are most helpful for you your spouse or your children okay all right, guys. So remember, as always, living lucky is not living alone. If this was helpful, please share it. Um, and of course, you know, you can follow us uh, on whatever social uh, media platform you you find the best, but also whatever podcast you can always follow us on there. And then you'll just know exactly when these new podcast episodes come out. Um and the Live Lucky Therapy is always available 24-7 online all the time. And my book and workbook are on Amazon now. So you please, if you've read those, if you've purchased those, please go ahead and rate those so other people will um, be more inclined to, to check those out as well. Um, I am just so appreciative of you guys and just love being here with you guys. And uh, I look forward to discussing more Lucky Living next time. All right. Have a great day, everybody. 